0: Welcome to episode 50 with Andrew Stefanos. We discuss the story behind vitality physiotherapy, the importance of building great team culture, the key behind true leadership, and much more. Welcome to 8 Billion Gifts. This is your host Sohil, a footballer, creative, and student. On this show, we talk to all kinds of people to discover their stories, their mindset, and their unique gift. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited for the 50th episode Of the podcast, we started about a year ago, and every week we had a new guest on. It's been 50 different people, different stories, experiences, perspectives, mindset, and we have it on the podcast website. There's always something new to learn from someone. So to celebrate the 50th episode, we got someone very special here today, Andrew, who is the owner of Vitality Physiotherapy. We actually got connected about a year ago when i came into his clinic for my groin injury which was a complicated one we finally figured it out and i'm currently doing my internship there uh, which has been amazing to see the culture of the clinic so it's a real pleasure to have andrew on as the 50th episode andrew welcome to the podcast thank you so like eight billion gifts i'm really excited
1: to be on uh, i feel honored
0: to be the the 50th
1: guest uh, i know it's been a uh, been a long year for you and it's a lot of success there so i'm happy to be here to support you
0: so i actually want to congratulate you because you just finally got the third clinic opened yep. up it's been a long road it Started in 2017 four years later got the third clinic obviously a lot of grind a lot of struggle many people don't see that they only see the final product so Absolutely. how does it feel to have the third clinic open now feels good,
1: you know, Mm -hmm. like we had its our second clinic within a pandemic. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people thought like things would slow us down. Uh, You just keep pushing, just keep pushing, confident in what you do. Uh, The big thing is having a great team behind you. So you need that team to help push you forward as well. So culture is really what helped us drive to that, to where we are now. And we continue to grow, continue to grow our team and focus on who we are and how we're changing the industry. And that continues to allow us to continue rolling with what we do.
0: The team is what's made such a positive impact in the industry and what has helped Vitality grow so much, really creating that culture. We're gonna talk about that Absolutely. a lot. But before that, let's get everyone to know about you, Andrew. So give us the introduction, who is Andrew, where are you from, and what do you do? All right, my name, Andrew Stefanos. I'm the, the founder of
1: Vitality Physiotherapy. Like so, I'll mentioned, founded in 2017. Uh, I was born in Montreal, uh, raised in Ottawa, uh, initially, you know, I was a competitive athlete, played hockey, soccer, my entire life. Went to St. Pat's High School, you know, went to there, had a lot of friends from there. I'm really, I know a lot of people in Ottawa now. Uh, next went to Carleton University. I never really had too much interest in movement and exercise. I actually was mainly focused on biology, so biochemistry. Mm-hmm. Uh, what drove me towards physiotherapy actually was an injury. I actually had a shoulder dislocation injury which I actually had no clue what physiotherapists did right and growing up in Ottawa like I was always an active person physiotherapy wasn't big when I was younger like people would go it was really machine-based so when I met the physio that worked on me he was about my age that I was now kind of almost convinced me that that was the place for me like it brought my interest in and I saw him working with a lot of different people not only athletes but it drove me to say okay maybe this is more of a career pathway for myself rather than my biochemistry because i didn't like working in a lab like i really didn't know what i wanted to do in university i was more at that time hanging out with friends i didn't really think of my future too much and uh that kind
0: of that, that injury was where my life kind of changed it's funny with with physiotherapists it's always an injury i i had a uh, dr tom walters and uh, dr caleb is on too and yeah. They had an injury, and when you have that injury, that's when you tap into it, and you really discover what the field is about and the impact you can make on people's lives.
1: Exactly, you're experiencing it, right? You see it firsthand. You're that person that come in with pain, and then they kind of get you back to what you wanted to do. And for me, is wanting to get back to hockey and playing playoffs. And they were able to get me there within a six week period from a dislocated shoulder. And I was struggling with it; couldn't sleep, yeah. couldn't move. At school, I was trying to play sports; I couldn't do anything mm-hmm. with it. So. First-hand experience was it was huge and it really drove me towards that profession at that point. And I also saw everyone else in the clinic getting better,
0: not only athletes. So it really drove interest there. So you had the injury. That was a long process. It sparked your interest for physiotherapy. And then what was after that? Did you go to physio school? What was the next move?
1: So at that point, actually, my brother started physiotherapy. He went out to the UK. So in Glasgow, Mm -hmm. uh, I was initially still in biochemistry. I was in my third year. I was kind of complaining at that point that I was like, I was over it. I was done with the labs. I was done with organic chemistry, all those courses. <laughs> so, uh, at that point I would really experience physiotherapy with that physio. So I'm like, you know what? I really want to go into this field. I decided to go over to Glasgow and join my brother actually over there. And I went to Glasgow Caledonian university and I actually did it as an undergrad because I had no experience with like anatomy. So I wasn't in kinesiology. So I had no background in anatomy. Yes, I did train a lot. I was an athlete. I always did my own training, but I had no understanding of it. So I wanted to go through the whole route and really go into depth of what my learning would be and kind of build from there. And so I was actually in Glasgow for five years. Uh-huh. Uh, actually, on my last placement, which was nice, I got to work with Comarnica FC. So I ended up being a junior physio with them afterwards nice. and then worked in their the National Health Service over there. So I had both mm-hmm. experiences with athletes and also hospital care. So it really allowed me to determine what I really wanted to do.
0: Very interesting. So that's that's always an exciting move going abroad to, to study. And I'm guessing that experience must have been unique.
1: It was unique. It was life changing because in mm. Ottawa, I was like I was hanging out a lot with my friends, you know, like having fun. You're younger. You're not really thinking about the future too much. Uh, going to Glasgow was a total change. Like you're going over there. You know, no one. Right. your main focus when you're on the plane, you're thinking about, OK, I'm going to work as hard as I can. Mm. I want to be the best physio in my mind and it could be different for other people, but I already thought of building a clinic. Like I'm like, I want to do something on my own. I just don't know what, and let me gain as much experience as I can and learn from all my supervisors, my mentors, and I'm going to take that information and try to do something on my own. So I already laid down a a goal for myself to achieve, but Mm -hmm. you know, the experiences that I gained over there from working there, from just meeting friends there, you know, which I still have lifelong friends over there. Um, it's been a whole change, a life changing experience. And it allowed me to become a lot more mature.
0: It's always good to have that real life experience where you go and work with that team. You mentioned, you really meet the people. And it's nice that you had that goal because once you have a big goal, well, then you begin to know the action steps to hopefully reach that goal. And so I'm wondering five years in Glasgow from finishing those five years to starting vitality physio what was that process like i'm guessing there were a lot of ups and downs
1: yeah absolutely like uh coming back i had to figure out how i was gonna get my license in canada it is equivalent so it was a bit easier to do but i still had to study for the exams and coming from a uk program there were some things that were a little bit different that i had to adjust to but coming back i had to work as a as a kin kind of like yourself or a physio assistant I had to work in that field for quite a while because it took a while for them to transfer all my information from the university in the UK mm-hmm. and bring it over to Canada. So that was actually a year process. So me, who was a physio in the UK and already working, I had to come back and be a physiotherapist assistant. And at that point, actually, a lot of clinics were almost taking advantage of it, that I was a physio and using me mm-hmm. with my knowledge and my skills, so benefiting off me. And uh, it kind of built like almost some barriers that I didn't want to work for some people. And I felt like I was losing skills at that time. But over that time, I was working. I was studying as well. So it was a stressful time, I say, at those days. And I'm sure, like, a lot of physiotherapist residents who are studying for the exams now could say it is a tough time. Like, there's a lot of time you have to work, you have to study and do it all at the same time. So there was challenges there. After doing the first exam, thankfully, I passed. Um, So I was able to work as a physio resident. So at that point, I was working in Toronto. I was working in the GTA area. I was jumping around as a physio worked at multiple different clinics, gained a lot of experience in the clinics. But what was frustrating about it all is just, I didn't like their models. I, I always felt like I was rushed with all my treatments. I didn't feel like I was giving it all to my patients. And I was kind of more managing time. And so every day going to work, instead of trying to find the best solutions for my patients to get their outcomes, I was focusing on how am I going to manage my time to see as many people as I can. So it's almost like a factory, right? So it allowed me to to almost lose my passion that initially developed from my own experience. So from there, I I still at that time, I was studying for my my practical exam and I was doing that time management. I was super busy with seeing clients. um, And I actually ended up failing my my first practical exam. And failing your first practical exam, you kind of have to go back to working as a working as a resident still like you're you're like oh my god if i fail again like they take away my license and and the reason why i just didn't pass it i didn't have time i was so busy Mm. i thought i could do it all by practicing studying all at the same time taking no time off i was trying to build make money at this time i had debts from school so there's a lot going on at that point
0: when you fail that exam what's going through your mind because you have this big goal you have this big vision and i think a lot of Uh, listeners can relate you know we have this big vision we have a big goal and we have a path that we think you know this path is going to be linear it's going to be uphill everything's going to work out (laughs) but then along the way you're going to take a a big loss you're going to have a failure and it's important to be able to handle those situations the right way so when you were hit with that uh, exam that you didn't pass you know how did you uh, respond to that situation
1: it was definitely hit to the
0: ego. Like I was working with other
1: physio residents that did pass the exam. So to myself, I'm thinking about my goals. I'm like, wow, like I want to open a clinic and I want to be the best physio, let's say quote unquote, but I just failed. Like, do I have the skills? Do I have the knowledge to be a competent physio in in Canada? Um, And those things start to go through your head. And like, am I going to achieve that goal? Is that a realistic goal? Or is it something that I'm just dreaming about? Um, So it allowed me to reflect. And I think reflection is a big thing that a lot of people should do. But it allowed me to reflect and think about, okay, if I want to achieve these goals, what do I need to do to get there? And my first thing to focus on was my exam again. I'm like, I have to pay for this exam and I have to focus on passing it. And if I don't pass it, well, that goal of being the best physio or achieving and building a clinic is not going to be realistic and I won't be able to achieve it. So it's really, it changed the way I looked at things.
0: Yeah, reflection is, is very important, especially after you're hit with a failure or something that didn't work out because you have an opportunity to reflect on the experience, look at what potentially worked, but mainly what didn't work and then use that information to then next time improve and have a better performance.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So you failed the exam, you went back, did you pass it right away for the next time?
1: Yeah, so the next time okay. I
0: did pass it, yeah, okay, good.
1: good news. <laughs> was, yeah, so I did pass it. And when I passed, I made it my my mission to, to really work hard in the industry and really learn as much as I can and take courses. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I took a ton of courses in terms of manual therapy, acupuncture. I wanted to increase my skills, but also increase just my theoretical knowledge um, to understand the human body a lot more in terms of relation to the nervous system. And, and from there is what I started to do is also I started to get more involved with the clinics I worked at. And I started to make notes for myself and say, okay, like what things did I love about my clients' experiences and what things didn't I like? And I started making notes. And like I said, I worked at a few clinics in the GTA area. And I also worked for the bigger companies. Um, I'm not going to mention any, but I did <laughs> have to work for the bigger companies. And there are companies that do great things. And you got to remember all models of physiotherapy typically do work but work in different ways and patient outcomes come out differently as well so i took what i liked and the things i didn't like and tried to build my own model from it and what made it frustrating to me is that a lot of places i did work at they were almost like a factory like people were coming in constantly like so many people that you almost forget their names forget what's going on had no time to even chart notes down like it was it was extremely difficult. And I'm sure like a lot of physicists can say like when you're seeing that many patients, the quality of care does go down as much as you think it not like you're getting people on machines that yes, they can help with pain. But we know based on evidence, it's not the thing that's going to get someone better. Ultimately, I knew from all the courses I was taking and from the research reviews that are coming out that everything was based on movement. And I'm like, okay, well, if I can incorporate some manual therapy, because we know there are some indications that can help in terms of nervous system move or help people move better and do movement afterwards so they can use those improved movements of flexibility or mobility and gain strength, I knew I could have better outcomes. So I started to take those things, put it together and build my own model in the background right now as I'm yeah. working as a physio. And I'm like, I'm going to start this thing. I am going to build it. I just need a little push to, to get me going because you got to say to go from a clinician to a, a business owner is a leap, right? Yeah. And having that leap of faith sometimes is a little bit difficult. Um, so the next part after that was uh, my brother, actually, I was going to open a clinic up with a with a partner that's related more in Ottawa in, in the Burlington, actually. And I was going to open in Burlington, but I'm like, you know what? Like, it's far from home. I don't know anyone in Burlington. Like, I have some friends in Toronto, but is that going to help me? And is that going to take me to where I need to be? So... A year later, opportunity came up in Ottawa where uh, actual uh, there's a clinic in a location that left uh, to go to a bigger location, and it was actually my brother helped me drive me to go to that location and kind of start it up. So that's how Vitality all started, and uh, all that background
0: work kind of came to to the realization. (laughs) The rest is history. So 2017, the first Vitality Physiotherapy clinic started. That was a, a big goal, a, a vision starting to come true. Obviously, you you have plans to scale it and and to really make that impact. You touched on it a little bit about, you know, the difference between the old clinics you worked at and then now founding Vitality Physiotherapy in terms of like the focus on movement and yeah. the focus on manual therapy and truly caring about the patients. But I do want to ask you this question because... I think it's an important one and one that you're really passionate about is what makes Vitality Physiotherapy special? What makes it stand out from all the other physiotherapy clinics?
1: Absolutely. I think it's the, the elevated experience. I think what people don't realize is how people experience a certain either product or service really changes what their outcome is going to be of it, right? So I like to always think of like Apple or like the Ritz-Carlton. The thing that separates them, again, like if you go to the Ritz-Carlton, it's not that the rooms are so much more nicer, right? Or they're not because they have beautiful things all over the place. It's actually because of the quality of service they offer you, the type of experience they offer you. And same with Apple. Apple, like their products are very similar to Samsung. You put them side by side. But what what's the difference between Apple and Samsung is that when I go into the Apple store, the way I'm treated allows me to really buy into what they do and buy into their culture. So I really focus on, okay, well, I need to focus on giving manual therapy and movement, but also I want to create create a great environment and experience. And by doing that, to create that elevated experience, I need to focus on, let's give my patients private rooms. Let's make the place like a beautiful, unique place. Not like a medical setting where people feel like they're sick. Mm -hmm. Um, And then giving them time to listen to them. Really listen to what they have to say. Because I I work with a lot of doctors and a lot of doctors, unfortunately, don't have the time to be able to sit with them and listen to their whole issue. And I'm, I'm there and I'm that person that can sit there and listen but also figure out, okay, what are the actual outcomes that we want to achieve with you, right? Like, what are those goals? Or what are those emotional goals we want to get to? So creating, creating those relationships and giving them that great experience allowed me to really be successful for what I did. And and it's kind of showing now, and, it's, mm-hmm. it's, and I believe it's, it's thriving off that because we're building a community now, and that's what we're trying to do, and that's how we're trying to change it. And I've had
0: the blessing of being part of the culture now at Vitality, being part of the team and and helping patients get the pain free and get to them feeling their best self. And I I truly notice those things every single time I come into the shift, not only is Vitality focused on providing the best possible uh, treatment modalities and rehab programs, but also the, the experience is so unique from the moment somebody walks in the door you can tell, very friendly, very open, welcoming. We truly care about the patients. And one thing that I found interesting in my couple of weeks working at Vitality is by truly caring about the patients, their life, and their goal, we find out more information. And by finding out more information, well, then we're actually able to treat them better and, and help them get better to them feeling their 100% again a lot quicker than usual.
1: Absolutely, like uh, you, you kind of nailed on the head there. Like, it's really people open up, and there's a lot of background information on why people have injuries and so on. And they like think of stress levels when we're in that room with them. And if they had a great experience with our client experience specialist off that first phone call, seeing our physios in that private room to be able to open up to them, and then also going with our rehab specialist to be able to go through the exercise and make sure they're moving properly to make sure that we're avoiding pain and avoiding aggravation that builds a whole experience from the get-go and that really allows us to really focus on them, focus on their injury, but also improve their lifestyle. So we're looking at longevity rather than, okay, you have pain, let's get rid of your pain and then you're good to go. We almost become like a, a lifeline there. We're always there to support them. If there's anything that comes up, they're more likely to reach out to us right away rather than having go down the whole road of like, okay, I'm going to wait to see this person. I'm going to go to see that person. I'll come see you in four or five months. Now we build those relationships with people that we're more likely that if they have an issue, they're free. They feel free to email me or yeah. connect with our team and say, hey, this is going on. Can you help me? And just creating those relationships allows us to be really successful with what their outcomes are. And, and they see it and they're, and they're happy to come into physio rather than feeling like a chore. Like, oh, no, I need to go see him again. Or, I need to see him twice a week. Mm-hmm. It's more like, okay, I know what I need to do to get to where I need to be. and and that's kind of where it goes
0: one thing that makes vitality very special is the emphasis on movement education and it goes back to what you were saying about we're not looking for the quick fixes we're looking to actually educate the client that comes in on how to optimize their movement and live a healthy life in the long term so why is movement so important and why is it so emphasized that vitality physio
1: because really it's that the evidence is showing that the lack of movement that's causing all these issues. Like mm-hmm. we know that people nowadays, especially since like the pandemic, like we're sitting a lot more, we're less active and people don't realize like over time, we've become just more uh, less, active, less active. Of course we have the different populations that are active and those are different types of injuries, but the majority of the population that's suffering from like lower back pain, neck pain, we know that's due to their work environment or things that they do and the environment they surround themselves in. And just by getting them moving, we can start to see differences, not only in their physical health, but in their mental health as well. So it's looking at the whole picture, right? Because again, stress can affect different things, right? It can increase sensitivity in the nervous system. So we're looking at the bigger picture here. And our goal is to create that community of well-being and really trying to say, okay, let's help you get better in all aspects, right? And we're here for you. And if there's anything that you may need help with that we can do, let's
0: help refer you to that right person so we can get you the help that you need. I love that. It is such a valuable tool. When you think movement, it sounds so simple, but it's something that we can do at any given time. And it's something that can be life-changing. It really has a huge impact, as you mentioned, not only physical, but also mental. I think this is a really good place to actually touch on a couple practical tools that people can use to increase their level of, Movement and then also the quality of their movement. So if someone's listening to this right now who wants to increase their movement, what tips do you have for them that they can implement?
1: Absolutely. Like if we're looking at someone who let's say works a eight to four from the desk job, let's start with that individual. The biggest thing now, if you're working from home, like we're sitting a lot more, people don't realize like just that change in not getting up in the morning, walking to your car or the bus going to work, Mm -hmm. getting up for meetings, meeting colleagues, all that is actually movement throughout the day. So now that you've taken all that away and you're sitting at a desk for your desk at home for eight hours, you're not getting up for meetings. You're sitting there doing virtual meetings. The only thing maybe you get up for is water. The amount of movement that's changed there is significant, right? And if you count it by a day-to-day basis or a month or a year, that's a significant amount of change in movement. So just getting up and going for walks, maybe a morning walk, making a routine, fill yourself up instead of a bottle of water, your desk, fill up a glass of water. So you're more likely to get up more often, right? Just doing small exercises on your lunch break. Like everyone gets 30 to an hour, use that time to do some, maybe some mobility movements, like some yes. flow movements just to get moving. It doesn't have to be a full exercise program. We even know now for like strengthening, all you have to do is four sets for a muscle group a week to get some type of benefit or maintain. So, there's a lot of things now that are coming out that we just need to really move that actually help change a lot in terms of our physical health, right? And it, it's yeah. the little things, and it's the little things. It doesn't have to be all at once, it could be combined together throughout the day. And you start to develop those good habits, you'll find a big change in your health in that aspect.
0: Yeah, you mentioned some great habits. Just to quickly recap, because I'm sure we'll provide some value for people yeah. listening. Having some type of a routine. So in the morning, maybe that's going for a morning walk, whatever it is, incorporating some type of movement in the morning. Yeah. A glass of water instead of a bottle of water. I think that's a great one because now you need to get up and you need to get exactly, moving, yeah. right? And you said it's the small things. So small movements, a little bit of mobility here and there, it's going to make a big impact. A couple things that came to my mind um, just on the topic of habits to optimize movement is using your phone as as reminders so you know setting an alarm or even using the reminder app just to put movement in there so that when it ticks off every hour or every half an hour well that's your little reminder that you're going to get up and and do movement because instead of always being reactive to the phone looking at notifications scrolling through our phone well let's use it as as something positive right Mm -hmm. and then something else that came to mind is designing your environment for success so wherever it is you're working Look at, you know, what's around you. Is it actually setting yourself up to encourage movement? That's something that has helped me a lot is like actually having things around my room that promote movement, having a foam roller in sight, having some resistance bands, having a designated space for movement. Because if your environment isn't encouraging you to move, well, then you're probably not going to move, right? Exactly.
1: No, exactly. And honestly, I, I did a presentation with uh, the government actually talking about those things because we are nice. seeing our desks a lot more. And it's, it's all about the simple things, putting those things in sight. If you see yeah. it every day, you're more likely to do it. Whereas if you have it in a closet, you're more likely just to forget about it and not even know it's there. So again, it's the easy things. The things that relate a lot to pain are static positions. It puts the yeah. most stress onto our, our structures. And if you start to move and you move more often... Like I said, you're more likely to have less pain or less stiffness or aching. Yeah. Um, so exactly like you said, it's design yourself, design an environment for mm-hmm. success.
0: To really simplify things, how often should we be moving? I know it's going to be different for every individual depending on how active they are and you know, where they're working. Just to give some, some initial guideline, like how often should we be moving? Is it once an hour, once every half an hour, whenever we have breaks?
1: Like they like to say once every 20 minutes, but the reality is it's not reasonable for a lot of people, right? Like if you, if you're an act young, active individual, absolutely. You can get up every 20, every 30. It's easy when you're working. I understand there's tasks you have to do and there's no way around it sometimes, but even setting that timer for each hour, everybody has that availability for each hour to get up for five, 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I, like I said, it's the little things that make a difference, but if you can create a, that environment, like if you have like a stand up desk, or you can have to have a stand up and sit desk, right? So you can alternate between the two. That's considered movement as well. It just changes what this the stress is going on to those like your lower back, your neck. So again, coming back to all the little things, if you're a younger individual or you're a more athletic individual, I expect you to move a little bit more. Yeah. Um, depending on what you're training for. So for you, for example, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you should be moving a lot more. I know you do your training in the morning. You work on some mobility drills as well. Absolutely. For, for your type of environment that you're setting yourself up for, you need to be training a lot more. You need to be moving more, right? Whereas someone who's less active, just to change what they have, you need to just move that a little bit, right? Every 30 minutes, every hour, every little bit counts. And that's the important thing. If you don't do it, you're more likely to start develop issues over time, right? And we want to try and avoid those things. Like I said, the whole goal is longevity. And you yeah. want to be healthy as we start to age. The aging population... You know it's it starts to get more difficult unfortunately yeah. like there's less like <laughs> oxygen blood that's going around the body at those times right yeah. you develop more stiffness but what's going to keep those individuals healthy are the ones that move more often
0: very true one thing that's really helped me throughout the pandemic and a lot of my friends too, talking with them is having a sense of social accountability around movement you know let's say you and i want to go for an 8 a.m run well Andrew, if you don't show up, it looks bad on you, you know, so you have some type of social accountability, whether it's a yoga class, or, you know, it can be something very simple, but having a friend or somebody to to be accountable to that can really help you uh, be motivated with incorporating that movement in your life. So I'm guessing that social aspect must be really important too.
1: it's huge. Well, that's what big companies like Peloton, Echelon, you know, Fitbit, that's what they try to do. And that's more of a almost like a virtual environment of accountability but a friend's so much better. Yeah. Like I can say like everyone, I'm sure everyone's experienced Fitbit and so on. And you try to compete and you use it and it it, it does drive you. But if you say no one day, no one's going to hold you accountable there. Whereas if you have that friend that's showing up to your door, you're getting up no matter what, if you feel like it or not, because the the hardest days are the days that you feel like you can't do it. And then once you do it, you feel so much better because you can do it. It's just, there's a lot of other things that may make you feel like you can't. So yeah social like accountability is is huge it's huge and like we used to do the running club at vitality uh, before the pandemic and the amount of people that come out and run with us and a lot of the time people didn't want to show up but they knew that they came they were more likely to finish that 5 10 k and were more likely to feel better afterwards and they always said you know what i felt like i wasn't going to do it today Mm -hmm. i was actually gonna take a nap and just watch some tv Mm -hmm. and i'm so glad i did it and it's just that accountability that's really really important
0: and the really cool thing is there's almost never a time where you feel worse after doing movement or exercise than you did before, right? So sometimes all you really need is that initial push just to get you out, get you moving, and then you feel wonderful afterwards.
1: It's that endorphin release, right? It's, it, it's important. and It does change. Like Again, it's a hormonal change in the body, right? It gets a lot more than just physical. Um, so just having that understanding as well can really change the way you feel about exercise.
0: Let's get back to talking about making the vision a reality with vitality physiotherapy. The, the team has three clinics, which is, which is a big move. There's a lot that went into that. I know. And there's a lot that went into the second clinic and the first clinic. And there's a lot of the behind the scenes that people don't see. What advice do you have for people who want to turn a vision, a big goal, a dream that they have into reality? Because it's one thing to have the vision, to have the dream, but then it's another thing to really take the action steps to actually turn that into reality. So what advice do you have for people who are you know, sitting on a big vision right now? You know, As I'm talking, something's come into their mind, a big goal, a big dream, mm-hmm. but they still haven't really taken the process to make that a reality. Uh, the biggest thing is execution, Right. We can plan forever, you
1: can meet with your your business partners, or if you're on your own, you can talk, Like kind of plan for what you want to do, but unless you start to execute on the smaller goals, you'll never be able to get to where you need to be, and you'll find a lot of time procrastination will occur. You just got to put your head down, plan out the right route though, and then start to execute on them. And you'll find it's the little things that build up to the bigger vision. Like example, Vitality, yeah, it started, I found that I had this great idea of movement and exercise and I started it. But any business or vision is is an evolution, right? It continually changes, but it continually changes only as the amount of work that you put into it, right? If I started Vitality and I kept it the way it was, it wouldn't be where it is now, right? And that involves not only myself, but the team members I brought in, the leaders that I brought in as well to help me build it because it's a reflection of my team and my culture, right? It's not myself. I didn't build where we are now. I did found it and I came up with the principles, but now everything has evolved. Again, we've we've elevated the experience. We, We focus on our patients' outcomes and behaviors. And because we were focusing on the different things rather than just business metrics, it allows us to evolve and really continually change and innovate in the industry that's been stagnant and slow. So I feel this is why we've gone ahead and we're, we're taking it to social media and now we're going into more like we're going to LinkedIn and we're, yeah. we're meeting other professionals and they want to meet with us and they want to learn from us and it's because the business has been very stagnant. The industry has been stagnant and people look at physio as almost oh, going to go there for pain and now people are looking like, okay, I'm going to go there for wellness. It's just changing the way people look at it and it's it's really allowed us to, to get to where we are. So For anybody that has a vision, it's Sit down and plan it, but then plan how you're going to execute. Because if you just make plans, I promise you, you can plan forever. Even sometimes I have meetings with our leaders and sometimes it gets nowhere because we plan and we talk a lot, but we don't do anything about it. And it ends up being stagnant. We waste months on time and you'll find months go by, a year goes by. And you're like, wow, we talked about that thing and we didn't do it. How are we going to do it? And you need to think about, okay, why are we doing it? So you have to always determine what's your Why? Yeah. then you're going to determine what is it and then how are you going to do it that is the process and you need to always stick to your values so for any business or vision i think the biggest thing is to determine your values yeah. because every decision should be made on what your brand values are right and any of my leader brings an idea to me i look back at our values does it fit with what we do and if it does then we're going to execute on it if it doesn't then we're going to discuss and help build that leader to understand
0: why would it wouldn't fit with what we do a lot of great information there. One key aspect you mentioned that execution is so important. Planning it, but then actually going out and executing on that plan. Because when you go out and execute, then it actually helps you look back at the plan. and Maybe make some changes to make a better plan. And, and then the values aspect. That's very important too. What are some of the core values of Vitality Physio? Inclusivity. So we actually
1: include... Every decision that we make, our team is included. We're very transparent in what we do, but what also has made it so different is diversity. So when we have the inclusivity and diversity, it allows us to really change and be open. Everyone's creative in their own way. And here we go, I'm on 8 billion gifts. It's the same example. Everyone has their own gifts. And when we allow them to open up and bring that into who we are, it allows us to evolve and almost change in a positive way in so many different ways. And then empowering each other. Um, that's one of our greatest values is, again, I've elevated not because of myself, but because of my team. My team has put trust in me to make those right decisions for our company and get us to where we are. And again, they've supported me to help build Vitalant because I'm not treating everyone. I see my caseload, which is a lower caseload than a lot of them now, but they're taking those values and they're bringing it to the patients now. And the patients are happy with the service that they're providing. I'm just in the background right now. So they're kind of preaching what we've all come up with. And actually our core values, we've actually changed them recently and we built them with the team because we want them to be part of it because the, the values is the brand and the brand is the team. And that's where our culture comes in. And no matter who it is, our patients or our staff, they understand what we're about. And that, what creates that change. And why are you different from somewhere else? Because the patients understand what we're trying to achieve, right? Not only in their health, but
0: overall what we're trying to do as a, as a company, in the industry, what we're trying to really get to. That's huge. Building the values with the team because now everybody on the team knows the vision, knows the purpose, knows the impact you want yeah. to make. Yeah. And
1: honestly, it's changed a lot. So, for anybody advice wise, like our values have changed. I had values the first day I started and the values have totally changed and it continues to evolve and our mission has evolved. And even our, our slogan, free from limits, uh, freeing people from their limitations of pain and restrictions has changed also. Everything continues to change and evolve, but it always evolves for the better. So we're trying to really bring a difference and to have that difference to innovate, you need,
0: you need change. That's really special. So we talked about a lot of the good, the great, the exciting. Let's talk about a challenging time in your life, a really challenging time. Maybe a time where you really doubted yourself, where, you know, we, we touched on you failing that exam, but maybe there was another time where you doubted yourself, you doubted the vision. um, There was obstacles in your way, challenges. Does anything come to mind? And then also how did you overcome that situation?
1: Yeah, you know, like, when I first took the plunge to open the clinic, like, I moved back to Ottawa at that point. And uh, I had my, my girlfriend at the time with my fiance now. But, uh, again, she lived in Toronto, so we, we had to do the long-distance thing. And from there, I started to work long hours at the clinic. I had a, a full-time receptionist that we were paying, and I had no clients. So, I actually, the stress, and I just bought a house in Ottawa. So, with a house, like, my girlfriend's in Toronto now i'm in auto i have a clinic and i'm paying a full-time staff member and i had no patience for the first two weeks i'm like is this gonna work am i gonna fail am i gonna go bankrupt like what's gonna happen here but i think that was probably the most challenging time because i wanted to work on the business but i also like you know i had a committed relationship and I, again i had a house and i'm like how am i gonna pay for this house if i can't afford everything so there's a lot of stresses there but i just knew if i I had certain skills and I had great communication skills that my yeah. patients love. I knew if I could continue to do it and even offer it to one patient and give it my all, I knew the word was spread. And that's how it started. I had one patient. I, I worked on them because I had a lot of time. I gave them my everything. And I, I did every type of treatment to get them better, communicated with their doctors, gave them that great experience, a different experience in other clinics. And it, it just rapidly grew from there. And that one patient went to the whole community and said, Hey, you know what? Check out Andrew. He's in Riverside South. He just opened, he's by himself, kind of yeah. like giving that sob story. And yeah. and it just blew up from there. The next week it had four, five, and then six, seven. And then just from there, it continued to grow and grow. And it was still challenging though, because at that point I started to get busier and I was alone. I was mm-hmm. still by myself. And I'm like, well, now I'm still getting to working crazy hours. And I can't grow my business because I'm so busy with my clientele. And now I'm trying to go to Toronto too, to see my girlfriend there. There There's so many things going on and it was, it was a little crazy at the time now that I think of it, but um, I don't know if I could do it again. But uh, then I brought in uh, Mina. Mina was a, actually I brought in Mina who was a physio and I also brought in like an RMT and her name is Janice and we brought her in and they helped me. They believed in the vision that we were trying to do and they helped me grow it. And again, younger team you know had big dreams and we we worked hard and worked hard together like uh, I gotta say like my my girlfriend uh, Melanie at the time she was she supported me she uh she kind of supported me she let me work hard work long hours uh avoided me she said you know what don't come down to see me to let me do what I need to do because people don't realize the background work that goes into the business is is a lot and there's a lot of commitment to it so Luckily, like I had Mina help me, you know, Mina as our our COO right now, so chief of operations and he helped me evolve vitality even further, right? Looking at the operations, he's very number oriented, but very structured in terms of operations. So he helped me build better operations that were better for our our clients, but also our staff as well. So this is where the evolution of creating a better experience for our patients, but also creating culture for our staff and, We had a great RMT who was building the, the RMT in our clinic, which we were, we, were, we were physio only based at the start. So this is where the world was starting to occur. And this is in 2018 at this point. So this is a year in. But before that, I was alone. I was, a, I was alone for a year, just working long hours. So there was a lot of evolution that came in. And by 2018, that's when we started to kind of blow up from there. Nice.
0: So when you're going through that time where the first two weeks you have no clients, you, yeah. you got that self-doubt, you're thinking about bankruptcy – it truly comes down to believing in yourself, putting in the work and then also looking for people that can come and be part of the vision to start building it up because that plays right back into the belief. And then it goes back into the execution part that we talked about.
1: Yeah, so exactly. So when I interviewed, my interviews were mainly based on like understanding who that person was. But my big sale was, do you believe in what I'm going to do? Because I'm like, do you want to be part of this? This is what my goal is, this is the mission, we're trying to create change in the rehab industry and I'm trying to make an impact. Are you on board with me? And those are the people I was trying to bring on board. And those people, I did find those people and there was a lot of interviews that I went through that didn't match that, but there were people that did, right? And they didn't look down on the financial route right away. They weren't saying, I want the biggest pay to join you. They're like, okay, I'm willing to start this. Let me take a lower cut and let's figure out how we're gonna do this together and that's it honestly made a huge impact a huge change and allowed me to really focus on okay i'm not worried about the financial so much anymore now i'm focusing on growth and what do i need to do to get there and how much work do i need to put in
0: what are some qualities that are most important to you in hiring someone to be part of the team and help build up the vision so if somebody listening wants to work for an organization that wants to make big impact and and they're looking for some qualities or characteristics or skills to build up from your perspective, what are the key ones that come up that really attract you?
1: So the biggest thing, like what I look for is people who are open to learn. They want to learn and they ask a lot of questions about the business and who we are. Like, there's not a lot of times I have an interview people ask me questions. It's a lot of times I'm asking questions, like the typical, like, what are your strengths? You know, you go through that, 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 that typical questionnaire yeah, that everyone yeah, goes yeah. through. But the ones that really catch me is like, okay, like, I saw you guys started in 2017. I see, like, you're here now. Like, why did you want to be a physio? Why did you want to open a business? And, you know, I don't get a lot of opportunities to talk about myself, but when I do, it gives me that empowerment I'm like oh wow great you're interested like that's awesome let me talk to you about how i started and let's mm-hmm. see if you, you kind of dive with that like do we are we vibing right now like yeah, yeah, i like my meetings and my interviews to be a conversation mm-hmm. because i'm trying to understand what are your five-year goals and can i get you there because my goal is to create leaders and especially the start i need to build leaders i'm not looking to just fill a spot for a physio or a massage i want people who are willing to create change with me and really want to do what's best for their patients and to do that are people who are interested in growing and i'm willing to teach you everything i've learned to help you grow but also
0: help us grow together you start off by saying someone who's open to learning i love that because if you're open to learning then you're always open to new perspectives and new ideas and new ways of doing things just like vitality did that will eventually go on to make a big impact. So that openness to take on uh, perspectives, to want to learn from someone who's done it is such a crucial aspect. You tied it into leadership, which I would love to talk about. You have and are continuing to lead a great team at Vitality. And I think you have leaders on your team as well, right? It's a community of leaders. I'm wondering what does it mean to you to be a great leader? To be
1: a great leader, you need to to learn how to listen. You need to listen to your team and be very open. And when I lead, I don't manage. Like, I'm not looking at telling people what to do. I always try to guide them on making the best decision. Again, reflecting back on our values. So when they make a decision, I don't say no or I don't say yes. I just ask them, like, what do you think? Do you think that fits with what we do? I get them to reflect a little bit because our goal is to give everyone the power to make those decisions and yes I have leaders in place like I have a client experience manager I have clinic directors at each clinic we have a COO CFO we have our culture officer we we have all these different roles but we give them the power to lead with those roles because we trust that they're going to do the right thing based on our business or our, our company's values but it's a it's a big responsibility and it's a lot to give someone that power right like at the start to be honest it was hard for me to give away anything like when Mina came on board, you know, he asked for a lot <laughs> and, uh, it's hard to give away like your baby, you know, it's like, how do I, how do I give power? How do I say yes to an idea that maybe I don't think is right, or maybe it is right. I'm just unsure because I was starting a business. I didn't really know everything. I don't know the ins and outs. So how do I, how am I open to these kind of things? And it had to change the way I was. And Allowing me to change on my own, allowed me to understand that, look, a lot of people do have great ideas and can build on your vision. It's not only your vision. It's a team's vision. And having different inputs can actually help you. Again, talking about that chart, like, continue to help you go in an upward trend. And it was tough at first, but uh, we definitely got there. But leaders are people, like, again, listening to people is the biggest thing. Um, Like, mentoring, uh, continuously Mm -hmm. mentor. Um, and then the next thing is books. Uh, I've done a lot of books, you know, uh, audio books. There's so much information you can get from books. To be honest, I built a lot of the business in terms of its operational status on books, funny enough. Um, so it's it's, it's fascinating the, the information that's out there and the, the lack of we just don't go looking for information. We always want things given to us. Like we, we try to search on Google. Like I have a lot of business owners that message me, like, how did you do this? How did you do that? And it's like, look, I didn't come up with these ideas. There's multi-billion dollar businesses that are CEOs that are doing this on a daily. And these guys are writing books actually of how they got there too. It's like, we need to, everyone's learning and I'm constantly learning, but the only way to continue moving forward is to consistently learn. And I I continuously learn even from my staff. I always ask for feedback, like, how am I doing? How can I support you more? And they give me that feedback to allow me to grow because then I'm going to go back, reflect, and see what I did right and what I did wrong. And then I'm going to create the change on my end as well.
0: I had a leadership coach on the podcast a couple (laughs) months ago. And one thing he was mentioning about leadership is it's really important to build a high level of psychological safety around the team. And I heard you talking about that, that idea that your team members truly feel safe to communicate new ideas, to present new ideas, even if it is slightly different than, than what is done. And having that psychological safety, I think is so important because if it's not there, well, then your team members are always going to be a little bit scared To present new ideas and then you're only always going to get a fraction of their creativity and their capabilities right so if you open up the door and create a welcoming environment where there's a high level of psychological safety well now you're getting all the ideas now you're getting the full potential of that person and then you can analyze it and play around with it and see how it can impact and grow the vision.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right. Like I think of our business like like a Formula One race car, right? The only way to win the race is determined by everybody that's part of it, from the people, the engineers that built the car, to the people that changed the tires when they go into the pit stop, to the driver, to the people that fill the gas. That whole team and the guys analyzing the background, that whole team works together to win that race. And that's the only way we can get there. There's no one else that will actually get you there. It doesn't matter how good the driver is
0: let's say one of the team members working on that race car is having an off week an off month they're not doing their part how do you approach that situation to try and get them back on track
1: constant communication like i typically and all our leaders typically don't leave things to get to a point where they feel like insecure or they feel like things are going on or there's mental health things going on we try to dress them right away and we dress them in a It doesn't seem like if i set up a meeting with someone they're scared of the meeting they actually know okay if there's a meeting he's most likely going to try to look at things to help me right and again it's and you gotta remember if someone says like not performing or not doing something right or they're unsure about something a lot of the time it's just fear fear to ask questions right it's fear to know or they're really they're just unsure that those things are occurring so i don't like to sit in the background and say okay like i see this not going well let's wait off for a month and then maybe address at that point and then get upset at that person for not doing it. It's more like, okay, I see something, let's let's set up a meeting, you know, let's talk about it, tell me what things are going well, like what things can I support you with? And then we work on it together and then we're touching base constantly. And what it allows us to is that we have a, a messaging system, we use Slack actually, so people are free to communicate with myself, even if I'm the CEO of the company, they can communicate with me at any time if they have any issues, right? Because we want to try and create a, a safe and friendly environment in our culture. Like we want to f- have everyone feel free to feel safe, right? And the only way to do that is by open communication. So we open the doors to everything, either be just communicating with an issue at work, or it be mental health, whatever it is, you're open to communicate with us and we're going to try to find the
0: best thing to help. That constant communication is huge because like you said, it also prevents from a situation getting way sidetrack like you're always whether it's daily whether it's weekly you're always checking in making sure all the moving parts are are working well together before something sidetracks way too much yeah
1: it's it gets tougher of course when you have a bigger team um but that's what the purpose of the leaders are right Mm -hmm. so having leaders in different areas allow that constant communication whereas Mm -hmm. if it was just myself Mm -hmm. and i was trying to manage everything when you have 34 employees it's it's extremely difficult to know what's going on. Like, I'm not on the ground to, to always be listening to everything. So I have my leaders who are constantly doing these meetings and meeting with everyone to, to understand what's going on at all times in all clinics, actually. And it allows us to address
0: those issues as a team. Okay, here's more of a fun one. So 34 employees, you're in the meeting room. It's Monday morning. You yeah. walk in. Motivation is low. Energy is low. You're stepping in as the one who is starting the meeting as the leader. What does Andrew do to motivate the team? So if I see like morale's down
1: or if I've noticed that morale has been down, which we actually have recently with like the pandemic, there's a lot of stuff going on. We've been working really hard, like tirelessly, like it's, it's it's been busier than ever. And, but having nothing to do on the weekends drains you, all you think about is work, work, work. So if I notice that that's an issue, instead of coming to a typical meeting, like going over like metrics or numbers, my whole meeting style is going to change. It's going to be about how do you feel? How have you been feeling today? And we'll go around in a circle and ask everyone how they're feeling. What things have you been like? What things are going well? What things like, are you feeling down? Are you feeling sad? How do you feel about the pandemic right now? Listening to them and get them to really express themselves. And, and with that, we we'll do like care packages. Like just uh, like recently, we got everyone Lululemon gift cards. Like it's been a a hard tough road and we understand everyone's working really hard and we typically will usually do team events and that's what really like builds morale but of course because of like covid and so on we haven't been able to set up those those team events so like being able to have fun with each other has been very limited so we're coming up with different creative ideas to really get our, our team engaging with each other so when we see morale is down we're focusing on more culture tactics, mm-hmm. right? I don't care about what the metrics are. It doesn't matter about those things right now. My main priority is the team. If morale is really good, then we're focusing, okay, yeah. what are we doing to grow now? What's our, What do you guys think that we need to do to, to grow? So it, depending on what we see and what we notice, and I'm talking with other leaders at that point, we're going to build the meetings a little bit differently.
0: Very important. So you go in, analyze the situation, depending on what it is, you either work on culture or like you reconnect with the impact and the vision that yep. that you are trying to make. We got to get those team events going again. I haven't been out to one. <laughs> I
1: know, I know. Honestly, they're they're amazing. We have like a lot of fun. Like one uh, well, like one quarter, we went to the Sens game. We got a whole box for the team. Nice. Um, another time, we went to Nordique. So there's they're honestly so fun. Like you have such a great time with the team. Uh, we are planning hopefully soon once things are opened up and yeah, we're out, yeah, yeah. we're definitely gonna look at doing a team event you're yeah. absolutely you're welcome uh you Antonio's everyone everyone's uh, welcome uh but yeah that's uh
0: there we are <laughs> I'm excited for it let's talk about relationships yes tell us about how important relationships have been in your life this can be personal this can be a business partner friendship and also what is it within those relationships that have really supported you and made an impact in your life?
1: Absolutely. Like, I'll start with personal. Like, personal relationships, I think it's really important to keep in contact with your, your friends, your family. Uh, you got to remember, starting the business, I was extremely busy um, keeping in contact with people. Even now, you probably notice I don't text as often back, yeah. but uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's tough. It's really difficult, but you can lose a lot of relationships based on work. Right. And you don't want your your life to be only on work because what creates well, what gains creativity is actually when you're outside of work and you're relaxing and having fun. Uh, but with that, like having the support system. So like my family, my fiance, like if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be where I am now. Uh, it takes a lot of background and a lot of support to get you to where you need to be. Uh, with my friends, again, the friends are my friends are huge. Like they've been part of my life, my, my entire life. Yeah. And they've always been there to support what I do. Even though sometimes I don't see them as often as I would have liked, it's, they're still there for me. And they're always there to help support what I'm doing because they believe in my vision as well. Uh, in terms of a business relationships, working, I would say one of our biggest business relationships is Antonio's, A-Mode Fitness. Uh, working with them was a really a game changer in terms of working with the athletic population, especially with elite soccer players. Uh, he's What he's doing with A-Mode Fitness kind of jazz with what we do in terms of a vision we're trying to change the industry like you know soccer in terms of Canada in general even Ottawa has been poor about giving opportunities to those young athletes or even training like when I played competitive soccer competitive hockey I've never trained like that or anything close to that I'll go to the gym do my workouts whatever hour probably now I look at it now probably did nothing for me compared to (laughs) the type of workouts that Antonio does with Mode. I know you're a big part of that as well it's it's definitely changed because when his athletes see who he's working with, and we're both trying to elevate that experience in terms of training and care, it's, it's really revolutionized on what we're doing and we continue to work together and we're very close and we're close friends. And, and again, looking where he's at now, uh, it's, it's, it's huge, right? So you need a strong business relationship as well to help build you as well. Cause having different ideas, different input can help you change as well.
0: Yeah. Having um, partnerships with companies Like, as you mentioned, ape mode, what we're trying to do is really change the game and change the way we are training athletes to actually get them prepared for the, for the highest levels of competition. And Antonio's has been great with that. And as you mentioned, like just having those business relationships, it provides for support, but then also new creative ideas on the personal side. I think what I was hearing is really prioritize those relationships, because if you can focus on your friendship, your family life then you're actually going to be a lot more productive and effective in your work life. And sometimes we lose that balance and and everything becomes work and we neglect our our girlfriend, our boyfriend, our family, our friendship. And then, you know, at first we're not aware and it adds up and it's when it adds up, that's when it causes problems and challenges in our life. So really prioritizing those relationships first, making sure you have space, time, and energy for that. And then focusing on the work after that.
1: Yeah. It's going to allow you to be a lot more efficient. Absolutely.
0: As a health entrepreneur, so very busy. Now three clinics, you're managing 34 employees and also relationships, <laughs> friends, right? You want to you wanna be doing a lot. Yeah. How do you maintain balance in life? Do you have a system you use? Like what's your philosophy around making sure everything is balanced?
1: Like I I try to keep connected to everyone. Like thankfully with, social media you know it's allowed us to keep a connection with a lot of people at the start I'll be honest when I first started the business I was like poor communicating with people like I was really focused on the business but what allowed me to do better was actually when I started to, to see people more and get their ideas and hang out and have fun you know when I started to have fun it allowed me to think about okay wow I should like create a fun environment at work right it's not all about just business 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 it's like people like to have fun. And again, I noticed I was happier when I was having fun. So yeah. if we create a fun environment for our staff, they're going to more likely to be happy as well. But again, to prioritize like prioritize friendships, like it, again, it was tough at the start. But then after <laughs> you get in contact, you go out, you yeah. have fun, you do your thing. Uh, it just continues to, it continues to grow with everyone, right? And I'm getting to that stage in my life, you know, I'm getting older. I'm thinking more about like, I want to hang out with my friends like do like house events now rather than like my younger days where i was going out all the time partying Mm -hmm. it's it's definitely totally changed but that maturity also allowed me to be a lot more successful as well uh this
0: yeah prioritize them
1: it's it's important
0: something so simple but important having fun having making time to have fun whether it's hanging out with friends or whatever it is you like doing because if you don't have the fun yeah what, what is life about? So Absolutely. That's really important. A final question on, on being in this entrepreneur field where you're a leader and you got so much going on. Sometimes when you're leading a lot of team members and you're working all the time, it's difficult to detach and objectively look at your own performance and look at how you're operating. So how do you measure your own performance at work? Uh, I'm constantly
1: evaluating. Like as a leader, I know I have to, I have to show the staff that look, I'm still here. I'm still part of it. I'm still performing on my side, because to lead, you have to be there for them, right? They're following your lead. That's what that's mm-hmm. to be what a leader is, right? But to have that, I have to constantly be present. I have to show that I'm there. I have to perform as well. I have to be able to refer my patients on to others. I have to have great, uh reviews let's say from my patients so they're still seeing that i'm living my values as well and i'm not just hey you guys do it for me i'm going to sit in the background and just kind of let's say celebrate the wins based on you we're celebrating the wins as a team and i'm purely still part of that right so in terms of measuring my performance i use other leaders to measure my performance right so we have our ceo Mina's going to measure my performance at like you know i'm at riverside how i'm doing at the riverside location we all critique each other because we don't want to lose touch with what we're trying to achieve, right? Once you get to a leader, it's very easy to focus on the business side of things and forget about why you started in the first place. If you're only doing for a financial gain, you're not really creating, uh, say, uh, a brand. and You don't really have a vision or a value. You're just doing it for money, Right. What I'm trying to do is create a brand and we're trying to impact the industry. And to do that, I have to be there for my team to perform as well. And if I'm not doing that, how would a physio looking at, say, my schedule, and if I'm dead and I see nobody and I can't really get people to achieve their outcomes, are we are we even doing what we first started out to do, right? So I work really hard to make sure that like I'm on my game at all times. Yeah. But to do that, again, talking about like that time away, like I have to take that time sometimes to go away, reflect, re-energize, and get back into it and kind of grind it out, right? They got to remember, I'm there to support the team at all times. Mm -hmm. And to do that, I have to be there
0: 100% physically and mentally. Something you said I love is use other leaders to measure your performance. Thinking about in the last few years... In the last, I want to say year or so now, I've, I've started to surround myself with uh, friends and people who have a very similar vision yeah. and set the intention for them to evaluate how I'm doing and, and to have conversations and to challenge ourselves on our performance and how we're doing. And I find that to be such a useful thing because if we never have somebody else looking at us from the outside in, we're always going to be missing something. Like there's only so much we can see in within our own perspective. There's always going to be something that somebody else can pick up. So the more of those people you have around you, well, now you have some unique information that you can use to build on and improve yourself.
1: Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. Like you have to have friends that you can talk to about your business, Mm -hmm. right? And you can talk to and say like, this is what we're doing is we're going to. Because you want to be have friends that are pretty much thinking the same way as you. Because some other people, it may sound like you're bragging, like mm-hmm. you're just talking about yourself, you're trying to hype yourself up, right? But to your real friends and the real people supporting you, they're just going to say, okay, what's the next step? Like, what, They want to listen to you and they want to like maybe give advice. That, yeah, maybe that is a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Because, again, you're so stuck in your business, you don't see it from all sides. And, again, if I'm focused on a client aspect, my friends are my clients as well. Right, they have a perfect perspective of what I'm trying to offer, so their input is just as important as any of my leaders as well. So I take that and I I put it all together, right? And you got to surround yourself, like you said, with those with those type of friends because they're there to build you, but you're also there to build them. Like I give advice to some of my friends regarding their businesses. I'm not part of their industry, but I look at it from the outside point of view, and to have those conversations. Like it's rewarding and you feel like you can go into such deep chat with those kind of yeah. friends right and you really talk about growth and ultimately yeah. it doesn't mean growth like just financially it's just personally as well and professionally like it allows you to grow in so many different ways
0: all aspects of life and you know they're real friends when you have the conversations and they're also they also tap into something you might not be doing right it's not always support it's not always you know, yeah. we're motivating you, yeah. everything's going well. No, they're very objective with you because they truly want you to succeed. Yeah. So to do that, they tap into that side of, hey, here's something you could have done that day that, that could have used improvement. Yeah. And and having those signals come to you constantly helps you improve over time.
1: It's good because friends will be blunt sometimes, right? Yeah. Where which is good because you're like, oh yeah, like you know, my leaders, yeah. my other leaders didn't tell me that. Yeah. Why? You know, because at the end of the day, you're still like you're yeah, still at the yeah. top and people will like play around with it a little bit. But yeah, friends, uh, friends sometimes will be blunt, but it's a good thing. Like I said, it's back to what we said at the start, being open, taking everything in. You got to be that kind of person to be a great leader.
0: Really curious, just as we're talking about this, what's something in the last, let's say year, that someone has pointed out to you that you just completely were not thinking about? Maybe an improvement or maybe something that you've been doing really well, but something that was not on your radar, someone brought it to your attention and it really surprised you. Um, just the
1: way that we, so we have phone operations, of course, we're calling people Mm -hmm. and so on and just like calling patients to get them back. And we, we do a certain system to reach out to people just to make sure they're doing okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had a friend that kind of told me that, you know what, like it's, uh, it's getting annoying that they're calling me so often. (laughs) (laughs) And it wasn't a lot of calls, right? It was like (laughs) like three or four, but it was to understand that like, if he's annoyed or she's annoyed, there may be other patients thinking the same thing and ultimately that's gonna reflect on the experience they get because it doesn't matter how good they had it in terms of the start and if they had great treatment and they love the whole experience in the clinic what happens outside is important as well and if that can actually change someone's perspective and experience so i looked at it i'm like okay let's let's go back to the drawing board let's see like, what are we doing what are we doing right what are we doing wrong here is it annoying yes no yes okay <laughs> And we, we went back and we changed our operations on that. And all I need is just one person to tell me that to kind of go back and say, okay, you know what? It's happening to one. It's probably happening to a lot. And we've changed the way we did it now. And, again, no complaints now, thankfully, yeah. as long as I know. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's important. It's important to have those things come up because, again, every no one again, if you're in the business, you don't see everything yeah right and again i'm not a i'm not a patient i'm not a client so i can't see from the outside world let's say mm-hmm. so it's great to have again those people to, yeah. <laughs> to give you those
0: uh right from the get-go interesting and then also keeping that open perspective to to not um you know turn it down or, or to yeah. get angry but yeah. to look at it objectively make the changes that need to be made and then improve as a company
1: absolutely like at the start like i said i was i wasn't open to those things i'd get mad like what do you know right mm-hmm. but you know Again, I've changed the way I lead now. Like I said, I read a lot of books, like how to win friends and influence people. It talks a lot about listening to people. Those are important traits because it allowed me to do better rather than worse. If I left it, who knows? I can be losing patients that are really upset. Like, you know, I loved it there, but damn, they're annoying. Like they keep calling me and they keep wanting me to come in. I rather understand why someone maybe not coming in or understand that something is not too... patient satisfaction and i'm going to try to improve that in any way and get that feedback from anybody that it is just so i
0: can continue to improve and innovate it's powerful what are you currently curious about what are you researching what are your interests like what are you trying to get to know more about in the physical therapy field
1: ultimately i'm trying to understand what drives people to choose certain places and that's more going towards i guess like marketing in a sense it kind of leaves the PT world because the PT world is there's a lot of different treatment modalities a lot of things that come out so of course I'm staying on top of all the most recent research reviews I'm trying to stay on top of all those type of things but in terms of experience wise what are people looking for to ultimately get to where they need to be and what type of not only type of treatment what type of experience are they looking for Like what do they need or what do they want to get them to where they need to be? What do they also need for them to understand what's going on with them to get them to where they need to be? And how can our team develop those systems to get them there, right? With the best experience possible. So by doing that, I do research, obviously looking at, I look at other clinics. Like I look at other countries actually quite a bit to see like what they're doing in terms of an experience aspect. Like it's a community clinic. Ownership is a community community. I'm not in competition with anyone i'm here just to do what's right for our patients is giving a great experience i'm not here to say okay so and so down the street is doing that we don't do that here we're against that not at all absolutely not all pts have a lot of knowledge we have a lot of skills we do get a lot of physios are very good and get people better what i'm trying to do is just try okay i'm trying to just elevate that experience Right? Because at the end of the day, physiotherapy does come at a cost and it is quite expensive for the average person. So if you are going to pay, what do you expect? Right? And that's what we're trying to build on. So we're trying to create value.
0: Common theme I'm getting from a lot of uh, your answers is asking the questions, like really asking questions, but getting deep, like diving a little bit deeper. Because as you dive deeper, you start to get those unique answers and then you can look at things differently and start to make those changes let's get into quick fire questions so this has been a great podcast let's wrap it up with a couple of quick fun questions these can be answered in a word a couple sentences just real short answers so andrew the first one is what brings you the most joy what brings me the most joy (laughs) uh
1: let's think about this well right now watching all the sports that's on tv But definitely, honestly, what brings me the most joy is like spending time with my family, Mm. uh, spending time with my friends. Like those are probably the most important things to me. Like uh, you probably, you talk to my fiance, she knows I like to hang out with my friends a lot, host a lot, (laughs) maybe more than I should. But I find those really important because it allows me to separate myself from work and actually relax and rest. And of course, the biggest thing is traveling. Uh, Mm. We've been really limited in traveling. I love to travel uh so that's been a, a big uh big thing for me if you could go to any place tomorrow and travel where would you go well i need to start planning my honeymoon with my fiance oh. <laughs> what about guys, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's special okay <laughs> nice what hobbies and activities do you like doing the most hobbies and activities of course playing sports mm-hmm. like I
1: just signed up for soccer and be playing soccer yeah. uh what i actually love to do like weird enough to say that i love working on the business in the background Like I love improving things like um, I'm always on my laptop and not from a bad way. Like I just genuinely enjoy doing things to make them better. And I've become almost slightly addicted to it, but in a good way, because I know how to separate myself from work when I need to. But when I'm in the zone and I'm doing what I need to do, like I love it. Like uh, I love the grind and I've always been like that.
0: And I'll probably always continue to be like that no matter where I am in my career and the most special thing is when you love doing something and it's making impact at the same time. You could spend a day with any person in the world who you don't know and see their day in the life. Be with them, shadow them, ask them questions, see everything they're doing. Who would you pick? Who would I pick?
1: Elon Musk. He's a creative genius. He's just so knowledgeable. Everything he touches, pretty much turns into gold (laughs) (laughs) that's true but just just the way he comes about everything yeah Uh, like i listened to his podcast actually with uh what's his name Um, joe 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 Rogan. Rogan. yeah but it's just the way he thinks about things the way the perspective he looks at and the way he can lead so many different industries and still have the like i say the built-in grind to continue to do more and what he's always trying to do is create an impact so i love what he does i believe in what he does and
0: uh Yeah, Elon Musk would be my guy. What is one of Mm -hmm. your bigger bucket list items that you want to achieve in your life? I would love to
1: skydive at one point. I have a big fear of it. Huge fear, actually. (laughs) But I'd love to do it. I'd love Mm -hmm. to get it. I'd love to see the adrenaline that would be built from it. And just, again, I'd love to see the world from from a, again, different perspective from the
0: top. You know, I did it. Did you? I did it once. It was crazy, <laughs> crazy experience. So yeah, definitely think. do it as soon as you can. Amazing. I uh, definitely will be looking into it. <laughs> what is one new language you want to learn if you had the chance? Spanish. Do you know any of it? No. Nothing well, <laughs> yeah, <I like>
1: that. <laughs> but I'd love to speak Spanish. You know, it's a common language around the world. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be very useful. Mm-hmm. Uh I just love it to be honest like i love the music
0: too so it's beautiful uh, with yeah. the... <laughs> what is the skill you currently have that you wish you had 10 years ago leadership
1: mm-hmm. but uh not only leadership just the way weigh... i wish i did a lot more when i was younger in terms of what i'm doing now Like i wish i took the time to work on myself not physically because i worked out a lot but just in terms of like reading books, like I wish I read a lot more books. I wasn't that kind in school to ever read any books at all. But now that I know the power of them, I wish I can go back in time and read all the books, like research a lot more things. I feel like I could have been maybe five years ahead. But at the same time when I do reflect on this stuff, it's like, well, if I did those things, I probably wouldn't be where I am now. So I believe everything does happen for a reason. But I just wish I was a little bit more proactive in that sense. Because I did, like, again, I lived my life. I had a lot of fun. Uh, and again, it may have built who I am now. But at the same time, I could have been maybe better, maybe worse. I'll never know. But the reality is I know I probably could have done a little bit more.
0: Let's say you want to get to know a person on a deeper level, but you only have two questions. What would your two questions be? Do not have to say the person too? No, anybody you want to know, but you get two questions only.
1: Uh, I'd say, who are you? <laughs> and try to see how they answer it. It <laughs> yeah. all depends on they answer <laughs> it. And what keeps you going?
0: Mm. Good ones, yeah. I like those because they can go anywhere and yeah. you kind of see where they take it. Also depends on the environment I'm in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what three qualities are most important to you in a strong friendship? Honesty, uh reliability
1: and trust. What are you most excited about this year? What am I most excited about? I have exciting things coming up. <laughs> I can't talk about it too much on the podcast. It's a little bit okay, on the DL, yeah, yeah. but definitely I have a few exciting things coming up mm-hmm. that I, I definitely will announce in the, the short mm-hmm. term um but definitely i uh, honestly every year that goes by I continue to grow mm-hmm. i'm excited year by year one big thing i'm excited for i'm getting married in september so that's one
0: huge thing to achieve on a business perspective like mm-hmm. i said those things are a little mm-hmm. bit on the dl right now well let us know where we can connect with you andrew to find out about all those exciting things coming up absolutely go check out like at vitality physio
1: on instagram yeah. check out our facebook uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at life of AI. <laughs> Mostly it's all business things. But you check out my yeah, personal yeah, yeah. life a little bit. Uh, and
0: that's, that's really it. And uh, our website, vitalitypt.ca. We'll put the vitality Instagram website in the description. Make sure to check it out. If you're in the local area, Ottawa area, come in the clinic. If you need some service. Um, and Andrew, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I actually love for you to leave us off with a final message. Uh, This is the 50th episode, so uh, a special occasion. Just a final message from you talking about anything you want. Honestly, everyone, like if you have a vision and you believe in something, like work at it.
1: Don't feel like there's barriers. You just got to really write everything down, put it down on paper, and like I said, execute. Execute. You can really achieve anything you put your mind to.
0: Just keep working in it and keep pushing. Beautiful message, Andrew. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the 8 Billion Gifts podcast. Check out the links in the description if you are looking to get connected with this week's guest. This is a great platform to expand your network, connect with people who come on, and to learn something new at the same time. Stay tuned for next week's episode featuring a new story and mindset. In the meantime, keep learning, keep growing, and have an amazing day.